Well, hello, everybody. Last night, I was talking to my buddy Gino, and we were getting ready to kind of close out our days, and we ended up saying, hey, the weatherman lied to us. We thought we were going to have a white Christmas. And then I woke up at 4 a.m., and I'm like, there's like an inch of snow out there. Okay. He kept on his word, and then it just went too far. Because then you wake up at 7, and you're like, there's four inches outside. And uh, I've learned now not to doubt the weatherman. But I am thankful for a couple of things. I'm thankful we have a space that we're able to gather, if you were able to make it here in person this morning. And also we're thankful for the opportunity to watch online. If you're joining us that way from home, I hope you're having a warm cup of coffee or a home cup of hot chocolate or something like that, enjoying the snow outside your window. But today we are gathered together and we're going to dive in and we're going to hear some of God's word. We're going to look into the word of God and see what the Lord has for us because we believe that the Bible is alive and well, that it is a living word and that God has things he said many years ago that were not just said then, but they speak to us today. Now, really quick, if you're wondering who I am or if we have not had a chance to meet before, my name is Caleb. It's my honor and privilege to be the youth pastor here at BCA, and it is an honor and a privilege also to be able to share with you guys today. Now, today we are on December 26th, and we are entering what I would typically refer to as the leftovers of the year. Between December 26th and the end of the year, where all of us are probably sitting there like, I don't really want to start anything new. I don't really have anything I want to finish. I just want to get through it. They're leftovers, kind of like the meals you have at home right now, where you went and you maybe made a little too much food, and you have some great meals, and you look at it, you're like, I could finish that, but let's just be honest, you're going to probably be scraping it down into the trash at the end of the week when it starts to go a little bad. But this is the leftovers of the year. Now, something that I love is the story that we are looking at today is a little bit of a leftover story. You see, we've been in a collection of talks called Adore Him, looking at various characters and people within the story of Jesus' birth and talking about how they gathered and they adored Jesus, how they worshiped Jesus for who he was. And the story we're looking at today is often one that maybe we read over kind of quickly. It's kind of the leftovers. It's not the one that's usually a focal point. It's not the one that we usually look at and think of first, but it is one that carries so much weight. It is one that is so impactful, and it's a group of people that took a lot of time, probably the most time in the story of Jesus' birth, to find him, to worship him, and to honor him. And so I'm excited to take some time as we're going to be looking at the wise men, or also referred in Scripture to as the Magi. And so in just a moment, I'm going to read us this story, but first, let me pray for us today. God, we just thank you for this opportunity that, Lord, with just the snow outside and all of that, God, that you were able to help us to get here safely if we drove in. And, Lord, that you provided a good internet connection or something like that if we're watching from home. God, we thank you that we have a chance to be able to gather and worship you, to praise you through word, God. We thank you so much for that. And, God, we thank you for this opportunity right now. That, God, you did not just speak once, but that you speak to us forever, for all time. And that, Lord, as we look into your word, you have something you want to say to every single one of us today. God, may you help me to be able to communicate clearly what you have for us. And God, may you prepare our hearts. Holy Spirit, may you go ahead of us. May you soften and prepare our hearts so that as these words are spoken, we are able to realize what you have for us and how you want us to leave this place better followers of you, Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, to kick off this message, let's do it right and let's just dive right into Scripture. We're going to be reading the story of the Magi or the wise men out of Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. It reads this. 
As Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, their religious officials of the day, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now this is a great story and all, but it's kind of why it ends up being left over sometime. Because we read it and the story is so great. It's such a touching one to read sometimes, even thinking about maybe yesterday sitting around with your family or something like that. But this is a story that we have to ask, why does it matter today? Because we don't just turn to scripture for a good story. We turn to it to find out how we can honor, worship, and follow God. How God is with us. And so, looking at this, we have to ask, why does this affect us today? And if you were here on Christmas Eve, you heard me talk about one way the wise men have already been able to inspire us in our pursuit after Jesus. But today I believe we have three things that we can hone in on. Three things we can look at. Three aspects of this story. Aspects of how the Magi adored Jesus that we can still do to this day, that we can realize and recognize. And so let's dive into these three things. The first thing that we see about the Magi is they went on a journey. They went on a journey. In that section of Matthew, we read that it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to find him, it goes on to say. They came to find him. They went on a journey. They set out. They went to find him. They saw this star. They saw this shift in the heavens, and they just had to respond and go and search out for him. You know, when I was thinking about this message, I started to think about my wife, Sierra, and I, and how we're on a journey of doing life together with one another. But the funny thing is, is to get on a journey, you have to start the journey. And for us, the journey of our life together started back when we were in college, and actually, it started in January of my freshman year, and I was just a typical college guy, and I was hungry all the time, and people would joke I had a hollow leg because of how much I would just end up eating all the time. When I'd go down to the cafeteria, we called it the calf, and so I was having second breakfast. I went down to the calf, and I was having my third bowl of cereal for the day because the Lord blesses cereal when you are hungry, and I got down there, and I start to eat. There's no one else there. It's like 10.44. It is a weird time to be eating, but obviously I was. So I walk down. I sit down. I have like five minutes because I have to run all the way back up the hill to class, and there's nobody else in there except for one person. I bet you can guess who it was. It was Sierra. And I look up, and I look across the calf, and in no romantic fashion at all, 
We look up, we make really brief eye contact. It's like this, it's like, that was it. But for some reason that started something because later that day, Sierra sends me a text and it wasn't, it wasn't her reaching out, trying to go on a date, anything like that. She just had a question she had for me that she'd forgotten to ask me at another point. But it started a chain of events that led to a journey that we're still on today with one another. We went on a journey together. And here's the reality. We are all on a journey. We're all on a journey through life right now. We're all going through certain things. We're all trying to figure out what is going on. And for some of us, our journey, it might seem pretty easy. It might feel like, man, my life is going well. I'm enjoying this. This journey is enjoyable. But for some of us, our journey feels like it will never end. It feels like we're not going to find that moment of rest in the journey. We're all on a journey, as these wise men, as these magi were. Now, to understand the journey they were on, we have to know some things about the magi. We have to know some things about this scripture. So I want to go through three quick questions. Number one, who are the magi? Well, we look at the Magi, and again, they're referred to at other points as the wise men, or in some settings, they're referred to as the three kings. Now, we actually don't know how many there were. We know of three of the specific gifts they gave, though, and that's why sometimes we'll say there were three wise men, three kings, three Magi, and that sort of a thing. Their three gifts, they actually carried a good amount of symbolic meaning. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, gold was representative for Jesus' humanity, That this baby boy, that this young boy they were looking at was, yes, indeed, human. We see that they also gave myrrh, which was representative for his prophesied death. And then we see frankincense, incense that represented his divinity. That this was not just a boy who was to die, but that this was boy who actually was God, who was here to die, who was here to pay a price, who was here on a mission to accomplish something. There was meaning within these gifts they brought. Now, these magi were most likely, when we ask about who they are, they most likely were Babylonian astrologers, which Babylon would have been a surrounding nation a little ways away. And the reason why we would kind of presume this, kind of a quick history lesson about this, which is still true to this day, is people tried to figure out the spiritual things going on around them by studying the different things in nature and stuff like that. And so these Babylonian astrologers, what they were doing is they would look to the stars to see what they believed the gods were to be doing. And they would look to the stars to see what was taking place, what was happening. And they started to see shiftings. They started to see things taking place. So they started to seek out what this change was. You see, an interesting thing we now know is that the earth, because it's on an axis, it kind of wobbles. And so every number of years, the stars, not a lot, but just a bit at least, they start to shift a little. So these astrologers who were studying so intently, they noticed a shift in the heavens that they looked for answers from, so they had to try to go and find the answer to their question, the answer to this shift. So what are they looking for then? We realize a little bit more about them, but what are they looking for? Well, they're looking for this heavenly shifter. And the way they start looking is they presumably went and they start to study all of the scriptures and all of the holy texts of the surrounding regions And they start reading, and they start to read about this to-be-born king of the Jews. And they start to connect the dots of, this has to be happening at some point. So they start to look, and they say, okay, let's try to find this. And for them, they believe this was someone that could, but we now know would, change everything. Who was shifting everything in the world. 
So where did their journey then take them? They know who they are. We see that what they were looking for. Where did their journey take them? Well, their journey then took them where they set out to the land of Israel. They come across King Herod, who was referred to as the king of the Jews. He was the earthly king of the Jews. Because he resided, he ruled over the Jewish people in their land. And so they go, obviously, and they're like, prophesied king of the Jews. Let's go to this one. And let's find out some info from him. And they go and they end up pointing them, as we read earlier, to where Jesus is. And their journey takes them, not to just any child, not just to any person, but it takes them to Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of God incarnate. And after that, really the rest is history. The rest we know the story. They find him, they worship him, they present these gifts. They present these gifts. Now, something that I find profound about the Magi's journey is they set out not knowing the gravity of their destination. They set out on this journey, seeking out Jesus, trying to find this baby to be born. And when they set out, they're just looking for a potential answer. Remember, these are mystics who are trying to figure some things out. And they set out on this journey. Little did they know They weren't just going to find a God, but they found the one true God. Little did they know that their journey was going to not just lead them to a random stable, but it was going to lead them to a stable that changed everything forever. Little did they know that they were going to be some of the first people that got to honor, respect, and present gifts to Jesus, worshiping him as king, changing the paradigm of how they viewed things. They went on a journey. And today, for some of you in here, for some of you watching online, I just want to encourage you, maybe you've been on a journey for a long time with Jesus. You've been following Jesus for a number of years now, and you're starting to realize, Jesus, this is difficult. This is not what I expected it to be, but you have to know he's with you. He's with you. He's walking by your side. But today, for some of you, your story might be like the Magi. You're trying to figure out where life is leading you. You're trying to find answers. You might not be looking for Jesus. But can I just tell you today that Jesus is going to cross your path. He's going to continuously cross your path. He's going to give you the opportunity to meet him. Just as these Babylonian astrologers went on a journey and they went looking for one thing, but they ended up meeting God. No matter what you are looking for today, God wants you to know that your journey is to find him, is to walk with him. Now, looking at this journey, we have to realize something about a journey. We have to realize for the Magi specifically, it required they take initiative. We don't just aimlessly go on journeys. Here's the reality, even for some of you that drove in today, it took some initiative to go out and scrape off the car, to shovel out your back tires, to have a car that you could drive safely, to go slow, give yourself an extra 20 minutes or so. It took initiative. It took an action. You don't just set out blindly, aimlessly. No, you take initiative. See, it says, when the Magi encounter Herod, it says, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They saw something and they took initiative to go find it. They set out on the journey. You know, I want you to think about, maybe even, let's, let's get extreme. Let's say you want to climb a mountain. Let's say you want to climb Mount Everest. You know what I can't do? I can't wake up tomorrow and fly and travel to the base of Mount Everest and look and say, I'm going to climb you today. That's me saying, I'm going to die by tomorrow morning probably because I don't have the preparation. 
It's a journey. It's treacherous. It takes initiative. You know what I could do is I could look and say, you know what? In a couple years, you know what I want to do? I want to climb Mount Everest. I don't. Do not want to do that. Let's say I do, though. Well, guess what? I'm going to start researching. I'm going to start training. I'm going to start doing the things necessary. I'm going to go buy the equipment. I'm going to find out about guides. I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to step out. I'm going to see a goal, and I'm going to start going towards it. It requires you take initiative. Thinking back to Sierra and I, our journey that we're on together, going through life together, it took initiative to get to this point. For Sierra, it was sending a text. She had no idea, she had no, whatever it would be, thought that sending a text to me asking a quick question would lead to us being married now for three years and hopefully for many, many, many more. Not hopefully, we will, but there we go. That's the right thing to say. For me, it took, when I asked her out on our first date, you know how I asked her, this is amazing. It was on Valentine's Day, week before. I went to her and I said, hey, do you want to hang out Sunday night? And she's like, yes, sure, that sounds great. We had been hanging out from time to time, things like that. It wasn't anything out of the blue. And then later that night, Sierra goes and she's talking with one of her friends and says, they're like, oh, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? And she's like, oh, I'm not really sure, but Sunday night I'm hanging out with Caleb. And then her friend looks and says, that's Valentine's Day. See what I was doing there. So she comes up to me later on and she looks at me and she said, hey, here's the deal. You want to hang out Sunday night? That's Valentine's Day. Are you asking me on a date? She's just like, what's going on here? What is this? And you know what I could have done? I could have said, no, we're just hanging out. We're keep, it's casual. It is what it is. We're just, I, just, I didn't even realize it was, I knew what I was doing though. And I had to move past my insecurities my fears of commitment. I had to move past my hurt within relationships, and I had to be willing to say, I'm going to take initiative, and I say, yes, it's a date. It's a date, because you know what would have happened in that moment if I had said no? Nothing else, that's for sure. It would have been over. It would have been done. She would have looked and said, he can't take initiative to try to pursue after me to have a relationship with me. It would have been done right there, but instead initiative was taken so the journey could continue. You see, in our lives, we have to realize it takes initiative to go on the journey of life with God. It does. It does. God looks, and he's taken all the initiative in the world. Jesus, the Son of God, born into this earth, dies on a cross, rises from the dead. Not a defeated Savior, but a victorious one. He took a lot of initiative. So we, too, must respond in taking initiative looking to God, pursuing after him. This year may be coming to a close. It may be starting to wrap up. 2021 is soon going to not be the year anymore. You'll have to mess up your dates for a while, but you have to get to where you write 2022. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I always misdate things for at least two months. But we look at this, and you have to realize that you have a new year approaching. And maybe you use the leftovers of the year to take initiative, but if you don't, that's okay. But I challenge you, at the first of the year, can you take initiative in your relationship with Jesus, in your journey with God? Is it saying, you know what, I haven't picked my Bible up in a while. You know, I'm going to take initiative because having my hand on my Bible is not going to get my Bible into my heart. I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to pray to God every day. I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to listen to worship music when I'm needing to have a moment with the Lord. I'm going to take initiative in that friend at work, that family member who needs to know about Jesus. I'm going to talk to him about my faith a little bit. It might be a small step, but will you take initiative? Because if you don't, you just will go nowhere. 
take initiative. The what Magi did, and because of that, they got to encounter the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that is still true for us today. Now, one last thing. They went on a journey. They took initiative to do it. But the last thing that we see is that they brought gifts. And if you were here on Christmas Eve, we talked a little bit about this already, but I want to go a little more in depth on this. They brought gifts. What a profound thing. What a profound thing. There are so many times we go to Jesus and we expect to receive. But what did these men do? They went only to give. They went and they said, I want to give gifts to Jesus. I want to give gifts to God. God has great gifts for us, but he has things that we can also give back. The Magi show up, and it says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, the Magi realized they had something to bring to the table. They realized they had something to offer. They had something that could carry some weight that would be a blessing, that was something that the Lord would receive joyfully. And we do too. You know, for me and Sierra, one last time, our journey, our relationship, doing life together, there was a moment that I had to present a gift. And we might not think of it that way, but it really was. It was the gift of an engagement ring. Now that engagement ring, can I just tell you, it carried more weight behind it than the couple of ounces, if that's even an accurate measurement of weight for a ring whatever, the small amount that it weighed. It carried weight. It cost money and finances. It cost time. I worked three jobs the summer before so I could save up to buy that ring. It took commitment. It was actually giving up some freedom. It was looking and saying, when I give this to you, if you choose to accept, I'm saying yes to you and no to everyone else. It cost some stuff. It had weight behind it, but that's why it was such an amazing gift. That's why it showed that the relationship was serious. Was because it wasn't a passive gift. It was an intentional gift. It was a gift that carried weight. It was a gift that meant, I am here with you. I am for you, and I love you. And we have gifts that we can give to Jesus that show him, I am here with you, I am for you, and I love you. That give him the respect and the honor he deserves in the relationship. And these gifts, if you've been around BCA for an amount of time, you've maybe heard about before. Maybe if you've been around church in general, you have. But if not, these are things that we can simply give to God every single day. It's our time, our treasure, and our talent. These things that we have that God happily, joyfully receives... Why? Because they're things that we are giving unto him, and trusting him, and blessing him, in recognizing who he is. Let me go through these quickly. The first one, our time. How do we give the gift of our time? Well, I think mainly that's one that you should pray to God and take initiative on and ask him, God, how do you want me to give my time to you? But if you want to be really practical, could I pose it this way? It's 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes of your day. God, I want to give you the gift of 20 minutes of every day of my life. I want to give you 20 minutes of me praying to you. I want to give you 20 minutes of me looking in the word to see what you have to say to me, God, because I don't want this to be a one-way conversation. I want to hear what you have for me. I want to hear what you have to say, God. God, it's going to be 20 minutes of my time where I spend time every week trying to tell people about the hope they have in you, Jesus, because that's good news they need to hear. It's taking the time, and can I challenge you in just such a respectful, but with an intense heart behind it, can you give Jesus 20 minutes of your day? Because he gave his whole life. He came and he gave his life for you. 
He came and he died for you. I think that the God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus incarnate, who died and rose again, who gives us hope for an eternity with him, I think that that is someone who's worth 20 minutes of my day. And I don't say this to be a challenge to make you feel feel guilty in any way, to feel coerced in any way, but I say this so you can realize 20 minutes isn't that much. But it's a gift that maybe to us at times is difficult to give, but God joyfully receives. How can we give of our time? The next one, our treasure. Uh, Here's a reality I know. A lot of us, we we don't like to talk about, about money and finance and things like that. But I want to talk about the treasure. Because here's the reality. If we believe that God is God who provides, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hill, that he is the one that gives us and blesses us with all that we have, that we can believe that if we live a generous life, he will still provide for us tomorrow. That if we give to bless someone else, that he is going to give back to provide for our needs. If we truly believe that he provided for us yesterday, he's going to provide for us a week, a month, a year from now. You know, I love it because elsewhere in Scripture, it talks about how Jesus is conversing with his disciples. And he looks to his disciples at one point, and he says, when have you fed me? When have you given me water? When have you clothed me? And they look back and they say, when have we had to do that for you? And he says, whatever you do for the least of these, you have done to me. How can you give of your treasure to help serve someone else and in that realize that that is a good thing, but you are serving the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in that moment. You're serving Jesus in that moment. Because what you do for them, you are doing for him. And you can trust that he will provide. I want to take a moment to brag on a group within our church that has really stepped out in honoring God in the giving of our treasure. We are a generous church in general, which is an amazing blessing. But something this year that our youth ministry, our True Life youth students, we did a challenge of back in March, is we said, hey, we want to be a generous community, and we want to give to an organization called Speed the Light. What Speed the Light does in brief is they help give money and resources to missionaries around the world so they can help reach people in unconventional ways. It might be that that money helps them buy a car. It might be that it helps them buy a speedboat so they can get downriver to a village that needs food and supplies. It might be that they're getting the equipment to be able to host a service and things like that. They're unconventional things that we might not think of, but it's going out there so they can do so. And at the start of the year, we looked at most of the speed, the light, giving needs. The most common one is $4,000. So we said, wouldn't it be amazing as a youth ministry if we gave of our treasure and we helped send one missionary out into the world? if we helped get that final gift for them. So we started that journey back in March. And in the first week of us doing it, we did these generosity nights, the last Wednesday of every single month. And people would show up knowing this is a night that we give to Speed the Light. It's not an obligation, but it's an opportunity if they wish to choose to participate. That first night, $1,200 came in. We're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But we're kind of like, okay, it's, you know, we had a pandemic. Maybe people just saved up a lot of money. They've just had it sitting there like, I'm going to give this at church when I have a chance. We're like, this is amazing though, nonetheless. The next month, $1,500 comes in. We're like, oh my gosh. We're almost halfway to our goal. This is amazing. Then we have a a family from our church who heard about that first $2,000. And they said, hey, the Lord has blessed us immensely this year in the midst of everything going on. And we want to be generous in a lot of ways. And we see what the students are doing. So they are actually challenging us then. We're going to give $2,000 to match that first $2,000. 
We hit our goal in two months. That was awesome. But you know what we said? It's not about goals. It's just about having the opportunities. So we just continue to present the opportunity. Last week, we had our last generosity night, and we ended up this year giving $8,900 to Speed the Light to send missionaries out into the world. That is an amazing thing. And that's not because of myself. That's not because of Sierra. That's not because of our youth leaders. That's not even because of the students. It's because God is great and he's blessed us. So we want to bless back. We can give of our treasure. And I'm so thankful we have students who have been stepping out in that way. How can you be generous in your treasures though? The last one, our talent. I think there's so many times so many times that we ask, what talent, what gifting, what can you bring to God? And we end up sitting there, we end up thinking, well, I, I, don't, I don't have a beautiful voice to sing. I can't play an instrument. I Maybe I'm not good with my words. I'm not artistic in certain ways. So we don't think that we have a gift to bring, but you do. Will you use the gift that God has given you uniquely? Will you use the talent he has given you? It might not look like someone else. You know the way to kill your gift? Compare it to someone else's. The way to not be grateful for your gift, wish you had someone else's. Be thankful for the talent and the gifting that God has given to you. Be willing to show up. There's, there's people that showed up this morning. You know it's a talent? Having a heart to serve where you show up and you say, I'm going to help shovel the driveway. And there's people walking up with shovels to shovel it. That's a gift. That's a talent. That's serving a community. That is an amazing thing. That is just as good as being able to jump up and put a mic on and talk to people. Why? Because it represents Jesus. What is your talent? What is your gifting? What is that you can do? And you see with all three of these things, the reality is this. Jesus has given us so much, the only just response is to give in return. How can we give a gift today to Jesus? How can we give a gift today to Jesus? Now looking at all these things, that we're all on a journey, that we have to take initiative with God and that we have a gift to bring to the table. If I was to sum this up in one sentence, it would be this. Life with Jesus is a journey that requires you to step out and it's best when you realize you have something to offer. You know the greatness of God is that he's the one pursuing after you and doing all of the work. I put the word best there. It's best when you realize you have something to offer because maybe you never are able to take that step. Guess what? God's still stepping towards you. He's still with you. He still loves you. He still anoints you. But the best thing you can do is realize you have something to offer as well. We're all on a journey. The Magi had to start their journey. Sierra and I had to start our relationship. You have a journey you're on. You just have to walk with Christ through it. Go with him through it. Now something that I love within the Magi story, and I might have already mentioned this earlier, but it's just so profound to me, is we always say they brought three gifts. But they brought four. They brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. But the greatest of the gift is that these Babylonian astrologers, these mystics who are looking to the stars, they showed up and when they got in the presence of Jesus, they got on their knees and they worshiped him. And they praised him. In that moment, they looked away from what they had looked to and they looked to the one they had to look at. They looked to Jesus and they worshiped him. And so today, I actually want to invite you, if you can stand with us in here if you're able, and even if you're at home, whatever posture you need to get into, we're going to take some time in a moment to worship. And it doesn't mean you need to have a voice of an angel. I assure you that I might not have the worst voice in the world, but it's not one of an angel or anything like that. 
But what matters is you have a heart to worship him, to praise him, because it is a gift that he wants to receive. It's a gift that he joyfully would. And today, if you're in here, as we take a moment to pray, to worship, and respond, if you're someone watching online or in this room who hasn't been following with Jesus, I want to remind you again of what I said when we talked about the journey. Today might be a moment where your story is like the Magi. You might not have walked in here looking for Jesus today. You might not have turned on your TV with your family looking for Jesus today. But Jesus is crossing your path. And he wants you to know that he wants to journey with you. And if that's you today, in a few moments, I just encourage you, you could say it as quiet as you want or as loud as you want, but I encourage you to pray out. And just to say, Jesus, lead my life. Forgive me of my sins. I'm not going to be perfect, but I know I need you. In a few moments, if you say that prayer, guess what? Jesus is going to be grabbing your hand and he's walking with you now. He's on the journey with you. And if you're in here today, you've been following Jesus for many years, remember that he's, remember that he's on the journey with you. Even when it feels difficult. Even when it feels like it won't end. He's by your side saying, it's okay, we're going to make it. So right now, I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. And if you respond in that way, saying, Jesus, today I want to follow you, I just encourage you, mark it on the connection card. Not so we can have some tally system, but because we want to reach out and let you know you're not alone in this journey. You're not alone in this step of faith you're taking. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, God, that we were able to gather in your presence, Lord Jesus. In a few moments as we worship you, God, may we be able to praise you and lift up a gift to you, God, saying, Lord, you are worthy. God, you are awesome. And God, I pray for those today who for the first time are saying Jesus, or maybe for the second time they're recommitting to you, Jesus. They're saying, I want to follow you. God, I pray you give them a peace and a joy in their heart that they can't understand in the midst of what they're going through. And that God, they realize they are not alone, but that you are with them, Jesus. God, we thank you that you have a plan for us today. Lord, may our praise be a sweet noise to you. In your name, amen. tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. You choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. We give what we don't deserve it. You take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated, 
thank you today. We thank you for the privilege it is to be in this space. And God, we pray that as we go into the leftovers of the year, that Lord, we do not waste them, but that we use them for every last minute, second that they are, to be able to honor and worship you, Jesus. God, we pray you go ahead of us today. Be, be with us as we drive on the streets and things like that. May you bless times for family and all of that, Lord. God, we thank you for this opportunity in your name. Amen, amen. BCA, thank you so much for being here with us today. If you guys drove in, I just encourage you to drive safe. Have a safe drive. May the Lord bless you in it. If you joined us online, thank you so much for being with us. But we will see you guys next week at 10 a.m. for service once again. Have a great rest of your day.